Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfred, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We've reached the end of the road for the 2021 season, but we finished on a very strong note, beating the Cardinals in their own facility, 38-30. to 30. I actually was at the game. It was a lot of fun. Keith, did it was it, was it fun on TV, too? It was. I mean, there were parts of the game that were really frustrating. Um and just some some weird mistakes and and stuff that happened but overall i mean it was a fun game um seahawks did what they had to do after giving up you know the early points and then took a lead and kind of just never the game never felt like it was in doubt it didn't feel like arizona was ever going to come back and i don't know it felt i felt a moment there was a moment so you're right though that we we gave up that you know <laughs> that fumble right there at the uh, the goal line they just walked it in basically and that was uh, a terrible start but we ended up going into the halftime with a lead 17 to 3 but uh they came marching back immediately after coming out of the half they marched down the field and then Russell Wilson threw the interception uh they returned it right to the goal line and then one play later they uh, Connor marched it in so they took the lead and i was thinking at the time Mm -hmm. uh this could get squirrely you know if we don't respond right here like if we just don't respond they might and they did they did so you take those two plays out of the equation those 14 points we dominated that game Keith. and that's that's my point is that um the cx dominated the points you had the um you know the strip sack scoop and score to start the game on the game's second play to give arizona the seven nothing lead and then you also had the um interception which was returned to like the goal line and, and i in my head i'm thinking oh yeah the pick six but it wasn't actually a pick six they had, they had they did have to hand it off um and and punch it in in order to get the points but those 14 points uh were gifts from seattle's offense to yeah uh, the cardinals and to a team that Se- really needed it and the, <laughs> well and the six still won by eight points i mean yeah you know those really bad shouldn't have happened mistakes by um by wilson you know even without him right if you you know if if they uh somehow managed to to if we go back to an alternate universe where those plays don't happen uh you know they the defense then gave up 16 points right so it's and it's 16 to 38 so uh it basically it was just a um it was kind of a thumping by the seahawks over a playoff team, the team that had everything that to play needed for. To play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what I what I really wanted to, to think about with this is I wanted to get your opinion. Is this a case where um are the Seahawks who we thought they were um and just a significantly better team than their record? Or is it a case where Arizona is more like what I thought they were than what you thought they were and a team that started hot, but then just doesn't have it anymore. And is this, 
That's is that's hard. I think you know struggling. you got to separate those things because obviously Arizona's got their own issues um, along with the the rest of the teams, the NFC West. I thought it was going to end up being a, a, a stronger division overall, it, and the teams end up having pretty decent records and so forth. But and, and you've got three teams out of the NFC West that that made the playoffs, but yet they all have these flaws that you just can't see them going to the Super Bowl and winning Mm -hmm. i I, you know i just have a hard time now they could get hot you know from this moment forward and so forth and one of the one of these guys can can plug away and and overcome green bay's home field advantage and all that stuff and and get in um but to answer your question i think you really need to kind of separate uh the the season at least in two parts for the seahawks if not three you know um when they first started they won their first game and then it kind of went downhill for about five or six games and then it, it just seemed just just jointed at that point and then russell wilson got hurt so then we start the season three and eight it's over before it even starts right and but then we get hot we finish the season on a four and two record um and, and it kind of gives you an insight as to where i think we thought we would be um and when everything was kind of in sync and you wish you know in retrospect that the team could have started like that the, the team could have been fully healthy they, they had the right starters at cornerback to start the year instead of trey flowers um maybe jake curran uh somehow could have uh started over shell out of training camp or something and posick was healthy you know and rashad penny started the year healthy and just had kind of a year um, instead of just five games you know, where he put up 700 yards. Uh, it it was just one of those things where it was just a disjointed season. Um, but I think the real question, Keith, is did they do enough? And we've answered this, I think, several times in the last couple months, or at least the last month as questions have arise as far as where Pete Carroll's going to be and John Schneider and Russell Wilson and so forth. I think what they've shown and without being a homer about it is that this team has enough as a coaching staff and as a team with the right players, with certain position groups that obviously need some help. They're not that far away from being real competitive. And when you take a look at the fact that they lost five games by three points or less into that equation, in the past, sometimes, most of the time, in the last 10 years, they've tended to win the majority of those games. You take Russell Wilson's equation where he was out for three games and came back too early. We lost those three games. If Wilson's healthy, we may have won uh, at least two of those that Geno Smith started. And, and yeah, maybe, the, the Steelers, maybe two the Steelers of the other ones. Game and, the, and, the, and the New Orleans game, both of those looked so and both of those were, were, were easy wins. So you're potentially talking about 11 or 12 wins with this team and possibly yep. competing for, um, you know, home field, at least a home field game in, in the first round. And so mm-hmm. it's tough. It's t- It's a tough deal. But I'm happy. I'm happy that we were able to see the team come together and, and the way that it's been described in the media as well, that, that Pete Carroll never lost this team that they competed you listen to like a a guy like adrian peterson who uh his exit interview included massive accolades for this coaching staff and the way that they uh were able to prepare even with a losing record all the way to the very end um 
the team was uh, approaching this as and, though it were a championship game. And I just think that's telling about the and, coaching staff. And Peterson's been around, right? I mean, he has five been, teams in 13 or 14 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was all those great years in, in Minnesota. He's a first ballot hall of famer. One of the greatest to ever, um, you know, lace him up and play. And, but then later in his career, he's kind of bounced around and just tried to, you know, stay a, a part of the game. Like, I think he knows that he's a shell of him, himself, but he doesn't want to leave the game because he loves it so much. Right. But he, so he's bounced around. He got to play in one game with Seattle and as other, otherwise he's been a coach. And yeah, and Pete Carroll had a conversation with him about that. Yeah. He's been preparing as if he was going to play, but knowing that he wasn't knowing that he was not going to be in uniform most weeks um, other than the one where he played. Um, he's just been there. He's been a coach. The difference that we've seen in Rashad Penny, um, basically Rashad Penny learned how to be a pro um, by playing with, with Adrian Peterson. Honestly, if Adrian Peterson isn't back as an assistant coach next year, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, he like things got instantly better yeah. when they signed him and it wasn't from his play. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it was, you know, he basically, and sometimes you need that. This is a, this is a uh, running back room that has been super young and inexperienced and um, challenged, you know, in a lot yeah. of different ways ever since Marshawn uh, left and to get someone like him in that can teach guys how to be a pro and, and do that has been great. And Obviously I, I would huge. love, love, love to have him back as a coach. And the thing that he said, you know, that was interesting was that he actually really enjoyed the role. He had a lot of fun with teaching uh, Penny what it took and what we saw out of Penny was, oh my God, good. Yeah, right. Like, like this kid, Historic this level, yeah. good. Yeah, like the most yards ever in a Seahawk, um, uh, in a single game Seahawk versus Cardinals, which I re I was at the game in Tempe when Sean Alexander had that like ninety-eight yard uh, touchdown run, nice. and. The, the fact that Penny had more yards in this game than Sean Alexander had in that game is telling. Like, yeah, and he did it so easy. Like, he, yeah. he, you know, he had 20 carries or whatever, but, man, it just seemed like every, every time he had the ball, save a few, were positive gains were, um, you know, and, and the offensive line just really came together in the last five or six games to block for him too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they having um, Haynes in there uh, for Gabe Jackson. Haynes was uh, at left guard the, uh, against the lions. And those, both those games were blocked exceptionally well. Yep. Um, well, that's, the, the, that's what and we the Cardinals knew. have a great defensive line. This is not a slouch team. Oh no, not at on all. their defense. Um, so the, we knew when, when Haynes was drafted, he was, we, you and I both on this show talked about how he's like an instant starter at guard because this guy is an yeah. absolute mauler. One of the better he was run, like, run blocking guys that we've ever seen come through the draft, but his pass blocking was weak and he needed a complete overhaul of his technique. And we knew yeah. that and blah, blah, blah. But this is a Pete Carroll team. We thought for sure he was going to gonna get in there, but he's never been healthy until now. Um, and now he's finally healthy. And between him and Curran, Suddenly, this team can run the football on anyone. 
Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, no, it is fun. You know, I want to, I want to see either him or Lewis at center next year. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a conversation. And I was going to say, you know, Haynes reminded us of Lewis, Damian Lewis. When we drafted Lewis, it was like, they were virtually kind of the same player, same type of player, same Mm -hmm. sort of system guy, power, you know, system. Uh, but, But it's turned out they fit really well into this zone stretch zone type stuff as well they're athletic enough um i'm really encouraged by Curran. i know he's got some stuff to work on on the pass blocking stuff i would assume that that happens that happens most of the time you guys are going to improve you know in their second and third year and on the offensive line in the nfl it's just you know it's a process um speaking of of rashad penny i'm just so happy for the player and the person um yeah you know, I realize that the team is going to have to make some decisions. Rashad Penny is going to have to make some decisions, et cetera. My thoughts on Rashad Penny contract-wise are this. You know, he missed mo- the majority of games in his first three years. He missed the first 10 games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you your best to to allow the market to kind of show you where he's going to be because there may be a team out there that's going to give him a three-year deal worth $7 million, but I don't think so. I think that the, that it's going to be a little bit more reserved than that, and I think that the league is going to dictate the fact that he's going to be on a one-year prove-it deal, and I think he's going to come back to the Seahawks, and I'm hoping it's like a one-year $5 million deal. If it's a, if it's a two-year like eleven million dollar deal with four million guaranteed, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But you can't, you can't did, give him a bunch of guaranteed money. You just can't. what did the Seahawks give uh, Chris Carson last? It was summer. like a two year, ten million dollar deal. Yeah, and I thought that I thought that was a little much for him at the time. Um, and I would guess that Penny gets just under that, uh, two years, nine million. And I would, I know there are people who are going to listen to this show. And comment on on either Twitter or, um, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube, and call me an idiot. But I want to see. I don't think back. so. No, I don't. Because I don't think so. I think most people get it. I just think that most people also get the fact that he was injured for uh, three and a half three quarters seasons. of his career. Yeah. So far, he's he's been unavailable for far more games than he's been available. Yeah, um, and the games that he has been available, he's been ineffective because they've never gotten into a rhythm with him. Yeah, you know? and but but for the last five games. He has oh, been, he has phenomenal. been so much fun to watch. I was at the game yesterday and um, it was awesome. And I didn't have great seats. I was up in the corner 300 level um, there, but, but it was nonetheless, it was good enough for me to see the entire field and have a pretty decent bird's eye view. And I'm telling you, man, that guy has some great cuts, great vision and burst. Mm-hmm. My goodness. He's fun to watch in person. And the one, the one thing that he has that Chris Carson will never have and quite breakaway frankly speed. uh Marshawn Lynch didn't have breakaway speed once he gets clear he can house anything yeah um where those other two guys or or significant chunk he's a chunk yeah he's a chunk player he just is yeah the other, those other two guys aren't they they're they're power runners up the middle god they're yeah. fun to watch and they yeah. they you, get Chris they, Carson could go an entire season and not have a rush more than 15 yards I mean he's yeah. that kind of a guy um, but he could also have in that same season where he doesn't have a rush over 15 yards, he could have a 6.2 yard average uh, per carrier. <laughs> right. Um, 
So yeah. let's not, you know, I, I don't want to to downplay how good no. Chris Carson has been sure. when when healthy. But Penny so here you go offers Keith. that that explosiveness that yeah fun fun player. God, but here's here's needed. here's the reality. We've got a football roster to put together next year. What do you do? You got Chris Carson had neck surgery, may not be back. He may have been told it's unlikely he comes back. He may have been told we've fixed it. It's awesome. Your prognosis is great. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. so but he's under contract then you've got penny and then you've got free agency and then you've got the draft keith what do you do i think that um you bring back penny i think you and 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 you go ahead and what if, if you can't what if the <clears throat> what if the market says sorry <laughs> okay if the market says sorry and he goes then whoever signs him is getting potentially a really really good player who well, let's face it, it has a lot of miles left on him because he hasn't played yeah. for the last three and a half years. Or they're going to um, get a guy that can't make it out of training camp. Yeah, uh, and we know. and we and we don't know what he is yet in terms of that. Um, but if someone else wants to pay him a lot, good God, for go Penny. Get, good for Penny. Go get your money. Holy yeah. cow! Just enjoy right. it. Right. Uh, and then invest. But it, but it would be hard for the Seahawks to make that investment. Yeah, and and so I think you keep one of Penny and Carson. If Penny is available to come How back, how do you know if Chris Carson's even cleared until like May or June? July? Um, the Seahawks know at this point. They know whether this is a situation where he is going to be allowed to play, or if this is a, a Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor situation. Where, where the doctor said the doctor do not play again. Yeah, where we they technically he could still you know whatever, but the the doctors are saying don't. Right. Don't, don't come. Like, and don't and we're not saying we know at all. We just, yeah, and, we have and no you idea. And I don't. So if, if the team, um, if Chris Carson is out and you know, he's out and Penny gets offered a big deal, you even if Penny, say, even if Penny is retained and Chris Carson is gone, I, I think you only keep one of them. Well, I mean, none, and, nonetheless, what do you do with the running back room at that point? Knowing if you you even if you hire Chris Carson for a year, you may not make it out of training camp yourself with him. What do you do to solve the 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 equation? Well, that's what I I was trying to get to is is you you pick one and you keep that one because then you have a known quantity in your uh, room that you know that knows the offense or whatever, and then you go and draft one. You go and find a what you thought Penny was going to be, and that's a long term solution at the. Uh, at the position and Penny didn't work out because of all the injuries and all of that. And we're just now seeing what the team saw in him when they drafted him in the first round. Cause he's looked like a first round talent the last five games. Um, yeah. But, so, so I, and that was what I was going to ask you about this. Uh, what do you think of that draft pick now? Like, what do you think of John the same Schneider? Thing I, and the same Pete thing Carroll I've always thought decision. of that draft pick. I didn't have a problem with, going out and drafting Penny where they did. It was the back end of the first round. They wanted to get their guy. And Penny was an obvious talent. Like you, there was no dispute. But so was Nick Chubb, right? True. But there there was no disputing that Penny was a guy that could go out and dominate a football game. And Nick Chubb was too. But Nick Chubb had blown out that knee and had just had it re- um, yeah, you know, right. repaired, and there was no. Yeah, but a year and a half earlier, not. I know, less. but there was there was no guarantee that he was going to have any kind of durability with that knee. 
um, because we've seen it way too many times with other guys, the guys that that have that knee injury and just aren't the same after. Um, and, and so they they went ahead with Penny, who is had never missed Correct. a game. Um, and it didn't seven, work out. Seven touchdown returns as a kick returner in college. Yeah. By the way, and you know what? Explosive. I don't have any problem with them taking a running back where, where they did because it's at the back end of the first round. If they had taken a running back in the top, you know, twenty. I'd be right there with everyone else going, what the hell are they doing? But, you know, where they took him at the very back end of the first so round, they got valid, their guy. Does this validate that pick this last five games for them? Do they, I mean, does, does this show the fan base, I guess, is what I'm saying, that this pick was really everything that they thought it was going to be? I think what it shows is that the talent evaluation was right. That, a guy, that this is a guy who can take over and dominate games. Um, and that's the only thing that you, if, if if you're going to spend a first round pick on anything, it better be a guy that can take over and dominate games. And it showed that the talent evaluation was accurate. That's exactly but, what I'm trying to but ask. That, I guess. But that it just was unfortunate that the kid just right. couldn't stay healthy. Right. Right. Okay. So um, did you want to talk about this game? Cause I, I wanted to talk about like um, a couple of things, the Seahawks signed 12 future free agent deals today. I want to talk about those players. And then I kind of wanted to go over the uh, the unrestricted free agent list for okay. the Seahawks really quick. Yeah, the, the only things I wanted to talk about with this game was Penny. Um, you know, Lockett having a great game, Metcalf getting Wilson. Um, Wilson w- had a great game. He didn't have a great game. Wilson had. Well, you take those. They take those couple of plays out, but you know what I'm saying. He looked great. A, he had that he, touchdown he, that to yeah. uh, Everett that was there that was that should have been a touchdown so that was four yeah. touchdowns passing plus a rushing mm-hmm. touchdown and that rushing touchdown was was amazing great yeah. well, at, the, Wilson, at the moment this is this was kind of more vintage russell wilson he made a couple of really dumb mistakes you have to know that first that, that first turnover uh the scoop and score yeah, by arizona like you knew you've only you've got three guys coming on that side you've only got two blockers it's a three-step drop play was called as a three-step drop to get it out of his hands before Chandler Jones could get there and he didn't throw it he, and he ate struck, it yeah, right and then he didn't even cover up the ball and, and take the sack he fumbled it and it went for a touch that's a hundred percent on Russ um and he's got to do better and that that interception was ugly yeah that um, was a desperate throw that didn't need to happen in a yeah. part at the, at the time of a game that just didn't need to happen yeah yeah and, and and both of those turnovers so both of those turnovers are 100 percent on him they're bad and you can't look you can't but i do believe them. that the rest of the play totally outweighed that he played really well the rest of the game he was making great reads pre-snap he knew where the ball was going accurate he was incisive throws. he was accurate with the exception of a couple of throws um but yeah he was accurate he was fun to watch he was putting the ball where it needed to be at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, this was what we wanted to see the offense look like, both the running um, of Penny, the play action, the play of the tight ends, um, Wilson distributing the ball around with everybody, hitting the big play, but taking what the defense gives him also and moving the balls. They went eight for 12 on, on third down. Nice. This was what the offense was supposed to be all year. And they exactly. did it against a really good Yes. defense and against a team that was fighting for their playoff lives, hoping to win the division, hoping, you know, all of that, knowing that this game mattered so much to them. And it 
the Seahawks were the better team. They were simply the better team. And that's what was missing. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So after the, after the game, you listen to the interviews, you listen to Pete Carroll on, the, on uh, 710 this morning. Um, it sounds like a regime, sounds like a quarterback, sounds like everything that you would hear out of a staff that is completely 100% confident that they are coming back. They're putting yep. it all back together again and they're moving forward and the decision-making yep. process is already happening and mm-hmm. it's rolling. So I just want to put that to bed a little bit. I know, that, you know, there was a big push, you know, for the last, let's just say six weeks, really, uh, when, this, when the season was out of hand, three and eight, obviously, is going to get a lot of people riled up understandably three and eight three and eight five and ten yeah um i mean and and so but i think that the you know everything everyone's done enough i think enough would have been done i to 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 justify rolling things forward anyway given the history um but i think this really this run showed i think the most important thing it showed and i talked about it right up front was the fact that pete carroll never lost this team yeah and that's that's really, really, really important when you head into a new season, because if he did, it would have been over. Yeah. And, and if any time a coach loses the, the locker room, um, it, it is over. And I think Pete Carroll started to lose the locker room a few years ago. And that's why Richard Sherman and company all were jettisoned at the same time. And they went ahead and went through that retool. That was really a rebuild, but they didn't want to call it that. Yeah. Um, 2017 was, be- was because Pete Carroll was starting to lose the locker room. So they jettisoned all of the veteran leaders of the team that were part of the problem that were part. And I say problem, let's face it. I mean, there were points vocal. where he, it, it, they, they were, were vocal. They, they were vocal and they were vocal anti Pete. Um, yes. And they were all gone all of a sudden. And, and he was able to reconnect with it. Um, and he hasn't lost the locker room since, and he didn't lose the locker room this year, despite a losing um, record which i think is phenomenal uh and i that's really hard to do i mean that and that is one of those things where you, the reason why you see teams even that though they have coaches that are that are, that seem to be doing a good job if they keep losing 
year after year. Part of the reason why they um, jettison the coach and bring him back is because if you keep losing, you start to lose teams, even if they're a good coach, even mm-hmm. if they're all of mm-hmm. that. Um, and so Pete Carroll didn't lose the locker room. In fact, you got guys like Adrian Peterson coming in and saying, no, these guys know what they're doing. They're good. They didn't lose the locker room and they prepared. And that is, I mean, that's, yeah, that's an, that, well, that's an and endorsement. I th- and I think that you can really easily make a, a, a sound argument that the team is better going forward with the current staff and the current players, the current philosophy than if we were to completely blow it up and start over. Mm-hmm. So when you have a franchise quarterback that's under contract for a couple of years, you have a coach that's under contract with a long history and you and you and I have talked about it several times that we're really not that far away from kind of getting back to being a real competitive team. Um, we thought we were there at the beginning of the year, save for a few things. I think we were, we were off a little bit, obviously, but well, we knew the position group wise. I know that bad. we're, we're close though. I mean, if you take a look at this off season, yeah. we know exactly what we need to do. We just got to go do it. We've got the money. There's about 52, $55 million sitting in, um, salary cap. We're going to have a salary cap show here coming up pretty, pretty soon. We're going to go through all the position groups. We have a really good understanding of what we need to do, where we need to go, uh, free agency, the draft, all that kind of stuff. So we'll put all that to, together, but I really do honestly believe, and it sounds like Pete and John are meeting with, uh, Jody Allen this week and, and the, the ownership group, um, to make sure that everyone's still on the same page. It sounds like they're pretty darn confident that they already are. And so I just imagine that they're going to go forward with a vision that they always have every year, which is to try to make the team as best, uh, as competitive as possible and get into the Super Bowl. I mean, I truly believe they really try to do that. It's just, I don't, you know, it, the well, only thing that you can really do, Keith, is build a roster at the beginning of the season that gives you the best possible chance to get to the Super Bowl. And it seems mm-hmm. like Seattle really does that consistently year in, year out. And I, I'm confident that by the time we hit September 1st, that that roster will be there. I, I just am. I, we, we always do it. it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but at least we're in the conversation. So one of the things that you and I've talked about a few weeks ago is how we got here. And we got here by constantly sacrificing the future for the present. And they, yeah, they did right. that. They've, they had simply done that one too many times. And, um, too many guys walked without having the ability to draft a replacement and stuff like that. And the roster just kind of decayed to a point where they weren't as competitive. Um, They were still more competitive than I think the record indicated, which we saw the last, you know, six weeks. But um, one of the things they did this last off season was stop doing that. They let Shaq Griffin go and they took their lumps at cornerback, right? They, took their lumps with of not having KJ Wright and letting uh letting younger guys play. They took their lumps in a couple of different places because mm-hmm. they couldn't keep trading draft picks for the fix. And to have you know DJ Reed step up to yeah. have the other guys that that played yeah. cornerback with the team this year I'll step up. None of them are a legit number one corner type of well, guy. And they need to go well, find they need to go find that. But yeah, they've got yeah, right. they, they've they've got a nice cornerback room of guys that'll be your third, fourth, fifth yeah. um 
guys on the roster at, at the position. Pro football focus. I, I know you, you know what I'm just going to use pro football focus. Cause I have those stats. Pro football focus said, um, DJ Reed allowed 48.1% completion rate, no touchdowns while intercepting two passes and producing six pass breakups in the final 14 games. During mm-hmm. that span, opposing passers posted a 48.7 passer rating against him, second lowest among qualified corners in the entire league. Yeah, and I mean, then, and he's, then been, Sydney... he's, he's been good. He's also given up a couple of big plays, and there are times when you just don't trust him yeah. because he's just tiny. Well, and then Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones, from week six on, he started rough, but he was getting acquainted with the whole scheme and everything. Mm-hmm. Week six on, he's allowed 187 yards of total completions on 24 receptions, averaging 7.8 yards, um, and produced seven pass breakups. Had 42 tackle attempts with only two missed tackles. So he's solid. I'm not saying yeah. he, he might not be a starter, but he's a good third option. Exactly. And you put you put DJ Reed over on the right side. And you let somebody come in and you you have a shutdown corner. Yeah. So you you have a really nice trio then. So really we're only one piece away. You bring Diggs well, back. Well, and you've also got um if he assuming he can can get healthy after a nasty injury, but um there's no ligament you know, damage. It's so it's just a clean break, I understand. No, I was thinking it was Trey Trey Brown. Um is what I was oh, gonna yeah. say. Oh, with, yeah. with him. I forgot about Trey Brown. Um you know, he exceeded expectations this year when he, before his injury, um, he's a nice guy that I think is a good third option. I love to hear you say that. Um, after we went so, through the draft process, what I, I, I've admitted multiple times. Oh, that I, I know he has, I'm, he has, I'm giving you a hard time. He has far exceeded, um, what I ever expected out of him. I expected yeah, him to be, he's got a good, he's got a nice future to be Jermaine Effetti on the defensive side of the ball. It's just a, a penalty <laughs> on every play. Um, and he wasn't that. And he, all of the physical like talents he was able to get through without committing the penalties that he did on every single yeah. play in college. Yeah. And he was he a was, nice physical guy. That was a nice, he's a nice little press guy too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he, he was fun to watch. I, I'm, I'm, I could not be happier to be wrong. So we are um, going to go through the, the the roster overall really mm-hmm. clearly as as we go forward in the next weeks. But I wanted to talk about the the future guys. Let me see if there's anybody that stands out for you. Uh, we signed uh, Miles Adams back, uh, Matt Cole, wide receiver, uh, Aaron Donker, who was injured earlier this year, uh, Greg Island, who we picked up in undrafted free agency as a tackle. Uh, he's coming back. Aaron Fuller, wide receiver out of Washington. He's been on the practice squad now a couple couple of years jared hewitt mm-hmm. defensive tackle that we picked up in undrafted free agency this last year mike jackson came up and played a couple of games at corner he's back Cade johnson wide receiver we picked up from north dakota state as an undrafted work rookie free agent um in the offseason and he's back pierre olivier lestage is back cody thompson God, that's a, that's for like awesome his fourth name. Fourth go round, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Pierre Olivier Lestage. I know it's fun, it's fun to say, actually. It is uh, linebacker Lakeem Williams and defensive tackle Niles Scott. So, um, so those guys are on future deals, which means they'll mm-hmm. be in training camp, um, oh. or or at least rookie camp. Yeah. So Unrestric- those are 
those are guys, the futures deals, for those of you that don't know, what that means is that the contract begins when the league year begins. So they're technically not under contract right now, but their contract starts in the league year uh, starts like March. When the league year starts, like yeah, in March. Or March 1st. Um, and what that typically is, is these are guys that were on the practice squad. So their contract is now ended. Um, and so therefore they don't have a contract now, but they've, they have signed starting then. Uh, it just keeps them on the roster for next year. Yeah. So nobody else can pick them up. Okay. So Quandre Diggs, I just want to go through this list and maybe oh. we can talk for just a minute about each player. God, that was, that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. I mean, it was crazy in person. So I didn't actually see the play. I didn't see him break his leg or whatever, but the immediate aftermath, uh, immediately the aid from the Cardinals sideline ran out. So he was the first player to, to see, he saw it, mm-hmm. ran out immediately was, was there. Like I'm talking within three seconds, four seconds. He was there. Yeah. They called for a cart like immediately. Um, and, and so Pete Carroll was out there immediately and stuff. So everyone knew immediately what had happened. Um, this yeah, wasn't it was, like a back or neck injury or anything like that. It was, it was a break. I even told the buddy I was sitting next to, I was like, he broke something because mm-hmm. that, that so they, reaction was immediate. Um, they never showed the replay of the play, um, on TV because they were like, you don't need to see this. So I know the injury, I, I know the break was bad and, and, and there was something about it that was really unpleasant. But I agree with you as far as what you said. They, the play ended, and the 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 trainer. Arizona the Arizona trainer because he was on that side that side of yes. the field. The Arizona trailer trainer was already with um, him, and it felt like the play was the play even over yet. The, I don't they know. were still getting um, up off the ground. That's how. Cool yeah, I mean it was just and and, and, and he was instantly there, and the cart was there in less than ten seconds. Like, yeah, everybody knew. The moment the hit play happened, what had happened? And there was no question. There was no, hey, we need to evaluate this. Oh, it looks broken. Let's go ahead and get the air cast. <laughs> right. It was right. It was an instantaneous thing. But according to the report today, no ligament damage. It looks like a clean break. They're going to be able to set it, put in, yes. um, put in a, a rod in, in good. there, and he should be good to go. And that honestly given what happened in the game and, and kind of just the way the whole thing went down and the way they refused to show it um, as far as the replay, that's so like, yeah. it, it's so, unexpected, so, but great. So Very I'll say a couple, for him. I'll, I'll say a couple things. He had a great year, career five interception year, 94 mm-hmm. tackles, seven pass breakups. He's unrestricted. So this injury happened at the worst possible moment for Quandre Diggs. Yep. Uh, financially. But mm-hmm. given the prognosis, it might not have the impact that, that it was. Yep, he would fear. Um, hopefully, um, if I'm the Seahawks, I I give him two. Mm-hmm. I, I give him two contract offers. Say, here's a four year deal worth this much. Yeah. Or, or if you think that's not not the deal that you want, here's a one year deal at this rate. Go get yourself healthy. Go have another monster year like you just had. Prove to the league that you're healthy. Bet on yourself. You can be a free agent next year. Yep. And 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 go get that monster contract that you I, think. I think that they I still give think both that options. they give them like a three year deal. I really do. And they give them some some nice, healthy, guaranteed money. Um, just mm-hmm. because I think of the goodwill that yep. this organization has with players like Quandre Diggs. 
And mm-hmm. I think that they show him that. I really well, do. Th- and that's what I mean. You, you give him both options. I still and think, you, though, that they give him like a, a league competitive offer. Oh, I'm not saying don't give him a league competitive offer. I think you give him the league competitive offer, but you also give him the one-year option and say, this is for you. If you want this to he come thinks play he's for, betting on himself. And you're going to bet on... You're yeah. going to bet on yourself. You're going to come back. You're going to have monster year. And the next year you're going to make significantly more than what we're offering you and what the yeah. league, anyone yeah. in the league would offer you right now. Do it. Or I still think somebody take, would take offer him even, even with the take clean the break money. and all that stuff. If the prognosis is good, yep. I think that you, he gets multiple offers on the, if he reaches free agency. So we'll see. I don't know if the, the, the bigger part in that is you can't sign a contract until you can pass a physical, which means by the time he signs a contract, it will be so late in the process. Nobody has any money left. Can the, so the can the Seahawks sign him? Yes. The only yeah. team that's going, the only team that knows him and knows what's going on well enough to sign him to a to an extension will be Seattle. And even then, it will be dependent on him passing a physical. So he'll sign a tender, um, which basically says we're going to sign this pending physical. And the Seahawks are going to be willing to wait for three months for the physical or four I needed, months. Or I wanted to, I wanted to say this too. Um, Tyler Lockett went to coach Pete Carroll after the game and said, can I stay back in Arizona with Quandre Diggs while he has surgery? And I want to spend the night with him. And I thought that that was freaking amazing. Yeah. So, it shows you Tyler Lockett. It shows you the type of person Tyler Lockett is that he, he stayed with, his teammate with his friend who's going through something. I mean, well, I don't didn't care. Like Marshawn Lynch stay with Tyler Lockett um, when Tyler Lockett broke his leg or it was Ricardo Lockett Ricardo with the Lockett neck, with the, with neck the neck, oh. the career career. Somebody stayed with injury. Tyler Lockett though, when he had his injury, I, I thought his injury was in Seattle, but so, I don't know. Um, and that part, I don't remember, but I do remember with, with, with Ricardo Lockett. It was in, it was a league. in Dallas. Yep. It was a, um, a career ending neck injury. He tore ligaments off his neck. There was no stability to his neck. And if he got moved wrong, he could have been paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. Um, and it was way more serious than we ever thought at the moment. Um, and Marshawn Lynch didn't ask permission. He said, I am staying. I am staying with my dude. And he, he hung with um, Ricardo Lockett for like most of a week um, in order to, be there for him and then he eventually came back and got ready to play but um it it shows you the type of dude marshawn is and part of the reason why i respect him so much um and for tyler lockett to do kind of the same thing for for quandra i think is just it shows the character of the team but really lockett and 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 the bond that that he has that transcends you know offense and defense Mm -hmm. this is his teammate his friend he's he's going to go to you know to battle and, with him and honestly it's part of the reason why i think pete carroll stays that's and exactly right because if you've got um guys that go up against each other in practice every day and they grind against each other and they know like that the respect level is the just, respect level they're willing you know and then then they know they they're they're going to go to war for each other um it's the type of culture in a locker room and on a practice field that's hard to build. And Pete Carroll has managed that for a decade. And I think that these are the types of things that are just not thought of 
um, by most fans when it when they're talking about uh, a team and what it means to fire a head coach and all that kind of stuff. The culture that Pete Carroll has created has been amazing throughout second, his entire the time. Second to none, first class, world class. Absol- absolutely, absolutely. So um, we've already talked about Rashad Penny. Uh, Dwayne Brown is an interesting uh, situation. He came out and actually said that he'd uh, consider a one-year contract. Now he, he realizes where he's at in his career and the realities of uh, mm-hmm. you know financially of the league and so forth and i thought that, that was a good sign actually for the seahawks because we've talked about him possibly being available and being a placeholder uh on a one-year deal for seattle next year and so early that is in really se- an option that'd be great early in the season i thought he was done honestly his he was not playing well um, well, seven sacks sh- in the first nine games. He was showing his age. It didn't. It it was bad. I'll just we'll be honest. It was not good. He turned it around. Down one the stretch, sack and one sack allowed in the final eight games. Yeah, I mean, was he an All Pro? No, but he was a significantly better. Not if he would have played the same in the last eight games. He, if he would have played that way in the first eight or nine, I think he would have been a Pro Bowler again. Pro Pro Bowler, yes. All Pro, no. Uh, but he played at a Pro Bowl level um, for the last seven games. Yes, um, good sign. And, and so I'm I'm content to give him a one year deal and bring him back and roll this forward, and then know that you've got your right tackle, you've got your left tackle for a year. You can see yes. if Forsyth has the potential to it develop. Makes, it into makes that everything guy. so much easier to um, accomplish everything yep. else that you want to accomplish on your uh, on your team if you can nail down Brown and figure out mm-hmm. even 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 Posick's on this list too. So I'll just talk about him right now. Even Ethan Posick, if you can get him back on a one year deal, and then try to go solve it in you know, bringing another guy in free agency and then, and then draft a, a center of the future. Even if you bring back post you, you add continuity to that line. I think it makes everything better. At least, you know, your baseline floor is, is what it is, which was yeah. this last eight games, which was pretty darn good. You had a historic running situation with, with a running back with that line. Yeah. And, and what we saw, like I was saying earlier, what we saw in this game, this was the Seahawks that we expected to see all year, right? We This was a team that offensively was really potent. Uh, the running game was great. Wilson was efficient. Um, and that the defense was great up front and struggled in the back. This was, this was exactly the team that we expected. Um, and that even with the struggles in the back, it didn't really matter that much because teams just simply could not keep up with Seattle in terms of scoring. Yes. Yeah, right, um, right, right. And this was what we expected. We saw it the final few weeks, but we didn't see it for most of the season, and that's so that's e- unfortunate. Ethan Posick had uh, allowed zero sacks in his final nine starts, and he didn't start the first five or six games. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the decision was making terrible. though. The, see, the, so the, the thing that bothers me the most about the center position this year is the decision making that went into it. So I'm fine with Ethan Posick being on the roster, but we both knew in the off season we needed to address that. So did mm-hmm. the Seahawks, and they didn't. They went think, into the season with Fuller yeah. and Posick there without addressing the situation, and they paid for it. Yeah, and it did. contributed because to losses on this. Fuller team. Fuller was bad. Pulse um, Posick came in and was 
bad. Rusty. Rusty. Um, yeah. Sure. We'll go with Rusty. He was bad um, when he first came back. And then he did settle in and was part of the success of this team in the last six weeks. He was part of the success. I mean, it wasn't just that he played when the team was successful. He was part of it. He was a piece of it. Yeah, it allowing kind of, zero sacks in the final nine games, and and those games included games against the Rams, against the Cardinals, against you know significant significant yeah. uh, defensive uh, lines against him. So, um, Sidney Jones, we talked about a little bit already. Rasheem mm-hmm. Green, Rasheem Green, uh, unrestricted free agent. What do you do with a guy like Rasheem Green, who ended up having a really decent year? He uh, did. had six and a half sacks, tied for second on the team with Daryl Taylor career high 48 tackles best 15 uh, team best 15 quarterback hits um he's a big guy that can slide in and out he's our best defensive edge setting five tech if you can bring him back you bring him back and if you have to cut carry Hyder financially in order to do it you do it because Rasheem Green was better than carry Hyder all year and I'm I'm sorry for the carry Hyder fans out there I I like him. I thought he had a potential to do good things, but yeah, he had a good game yesterday, but most of the season he was underwhelming. Yeah. Um, Rasheem green was the better player. This was the player that I thought the CX drafted in the third round back in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. and we, we haven't seen it much of him, um, until this year and a little bit last year, because again, kind of just couldn't stay yeah. healthy. When you're, when you're starting five tech can give you six and a half sacks plus 48 tackles. And, oh, that's and a good some, year. some quarterback hits and pressures. Mm-hmm. Solid. Yeah, that's what you want out of your five tech. Plus, and the, we the were stout against the run as, as, a, as a team. We were top 10 against the run. Yep. And, and, and his, ability to sl- his ability to slide inside the three tech and not just get overwhelmed when yeah. teams run against him um, was great. He's good setting the edge. I, you got to bring him back. He, um, he was just too important. Will Disley, tight end. He had 21 uh, passes for 231 yards, but that's not his role on the team. No, his role on the team is to basically be the second right tackle. Um, and and he's a blocker. And I like Will Disley. I think that his role and what he does is, ext- pro. is extremely underrated by fans. Yes, they look I at agree. they oh, look totally. at a tight end and they look at passing stats and they don't realize what he does in the running game, what he does as a pass blocker, there have been many times this season where he has ended up one-on-one against an elite edge rusher and won that battle. Um, and you do not see that from tight ends. In fact, most, most edge rushers would prefer to switch to the side of the line that has the tight end because they know they can beat a tight end. Uh, but when it's Disley, they don't they they don't beat him. He is he's just he's really good at what he does. He is no longer, I don't think, the athlete. His ability when he was running, he kind of looked like he how he did in college when he just looked running was not some, something he should be doing. He's average um, athletically or below average athletically, I think especially below. after the Achilles and the ACL. Yeah. He just is. So in college he looked bad athletically. He turned kind of a corner in the pros in this first couple of years looked good, but he lost both seasons, uh, most of both seasons to season and ending injuries. Since then he's come out and been 
underwhelming athletically since then, but he can still block with the best of them. Um, he let him test the market because there isn't going to be one for a guy that doesn't stretch the field and and do things as in the passing game. But you bring him back. Yeah. Oh, he'll a, come a, back on a cheap deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be back. He's not. This is not a guy that's you know going to go out and get a deal. This is a Seahawk return. He's going to return on a two year you know five million dollar deal type of thing. Yeah. And um, him, him, he also helped to make Everett good. Because he was so good as a blocker, it allowed Everett to almost never have to block if he didn't want to um, and go out into routes over and over and over again. So it's a good combination. Um, Alex Collins. Unfortunately for Alex Collins, uh, he got a little banged up and then really never contributed. You know, he had 268 yards and five, uh, five starts. Yeah. He was the team's leading rusher for quite a while um, until Penny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and until yes. Penny had this explosion at the end, uh, you know, he played pretty well, but he also showed that he's not a feature back when he was the feature yeah. back, well, the especially when Penny came in. I mean, holy cow, there's just such a difference. You can just tell. Yeah. Um, Jamarco Jones tackle guard just never really kind of came in a, and had a significant role. He, I mean, he was a seventh round pick. I mean, considering what I think he was they, like, a, yeah, it was six, I believe. Yeah. So it was a late round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been four years with the team as a guard slash tackle all around backup, um, played okay when he got a chance to play, but never good. Um, I think that, I mean, that's an, that's bring a, him that's back a, on a veteran minimum type of a deal. Maybe. Yeah. Or if you, or if you, you like him or you move or, on or you move on because you've got stone forth so, and you've got Island on the, can do that. as a, you know, on the practice squad, uh, Robert Kim defensive tackle ended up having. Uh, playing nine games, 15 tackles, a quarterback hit, pass deflection. Not the oh. same athlete you would expect to uh, be as a former first-round draft pick, but he mm-hmm. never really was that guy um, so far in the league, at least at this point. Nope. I don't know that you bring him back. I mean, He was a good teammate. He wasn't the, the attitude problem that he was thought of in Arizona. Um this but is how the by the way, this productive. is how the Seahawks decided to solve their three tech problem this year. And and it, it they can't no. do that again this year. Oh come Woods, on. Who who Woods, else were they? Woods is Woods, not a three tech. Woods on, was Keith. who they solved their seat. No. When they Keith, cut Keith, when, when they Keith. cut Jerron Reed, they cut Jerron Reed and, sur- and signed Woods within two hours. In two in twenty twenty, hadn't even played last year, came in, was rusty. He's not a three tech. He's never been a three tech. He's a space eating two gap player that is taking on double teams. That's Woods. He's a he's a run stuffer, dude. True, he's but not they, a pocket they penetrator. Needed, when they cut Reed, they signed Woods. Yeah, two but just because they two signed hours him two hours later. doesn't mean they it's a, like a direct replacement. <laughs> he was a direct replacement. They signed him specifically because. It uh, saved them five and a half million dollars yeah. to I go think, from Reed. I think to they Woods. went to Plan B, and Plan B was okay. If we can't have Jerron Reed, we're going to have Collier and Green slide inside to the three tech spot from the five. That was their Plan B. It wasn't to have Woods be their three tech. Well, I think it was. They need, they wanted Woods, so they had a third defensive tackle. True. And then yes, and then they did Collier, and then they did Kim, Kim Dichie. But that Kim DG was down the road. It was, Re- true, it was true. It was, it was a the month end of later. Camp, at the end of training camp. Yeah. 
All right, one last one, Geno Smith. I Gerald Everett, I thought was in this list, but he's not in my list. So he signed a two-year deal. Um, he so did. He'll be okay. back. So Geno Smith uh, ended up having a DUI this morning. Uh, for those who don't know, and I don't even know if I you didn't knew know that. that. I um, actually did not know that. And you I know just what? found this out right before we pushed record, and I just saved it for last because I, didn't, I would. I just didn't want to. Honestly, talk about the, it. it's it's time for them to move on. I like Gino. I think that he. There's some things, you know, but what did we see when he was? He, well, he was we a saw a mixed, a mixed bag. We saw him start in uh, three games. Yep. And we saw him throw for 571 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Sure. So that's statistically doesn't look bad for a replacement level player on, on, your, uh, on your team where you're just trying to not make mistakes but he's not a guy that's going to go out and win games for you. In fact, he was put in position to win games and could not. Yes. And, and just given, um, just given those, the, the Steelers and, and Saints games were easy, winnable games had they had any sort of competent play at quarterback and they didn't. Um, he wasn't good. Uh, 500 and some yards in three and a half games. Because he played three and a half games. He also played the second entire second half of the Rams game when, when Wilson got hurt. Three and a half games, he had 500 yards. He didn't even come close to 200 yards per game average. This isn't a guy you can depend on um, to go win you a game. And that's what you Again, need. Again, this is a backup guy who didn't make, he didn't throw interceptions. He didn't turn the ball over. So True, but you need a guy that can go. Right. If you. If True. your starter goes down for three games, you need a guy that can go get you a win I think, or two. I, I think the idea that, that you you started with, get a guy in to develop, would be a great path for this team. And mm-hmm. we've talked about that many times. And considering all of this Russell Wilson stuff and the fact that Russell Wilson is under a two-year contract, so even if he plays out the contract, you still need a, a, a hedge player with some capability. And I'm not talking like late seventh round, undrafted, restricted free agent, whatever to come in and, and be fill that role, you need a guy that you're going to spend a little bit of draft capital on, or maybe a guy in free agency that has a little bit more upside that would come onto your roster and stick for, you know, two or three years, kind of a two mm-hmm. or three year kind of a guy. So I would imagine th- since this draft is not great at the top with quarterbacks, but in the middle, a guy that's serviceable that you could develop, there might, you know, be a list of six or seven guys. They may choose especially when they've got like two fourth round picks and they might pick up an additional pick if you know john schneider does his thing uh might might spend a a pick on a player i don't know we'll see but that's the list keith it's not it's not a huge list it's not like it's do or die if we didn't resign every one of these guys but there are definitely key players that you that you want to have around gerald everett is on this list i just missed him Sorry, I thought I sorry. I thought he I, was on. A I had him deal. after. I had him after uh, Dwayne Brown. Maybe he was. A, maybe the second year. Him. Maybe the second year is one of those phony years. Um, but I thought I remembered him signing a two-year deal. So he's got forty-eight receptions, four hundred and seventy yards, and four touchdowns. That's literally what we talked about in the preseason when we went over the roster. Exactly yeah. the stat line that we expected from him, and he and delivered like, that. He did, and he had um, started slow though because our started, offense was horrible. Started. But the offense wasn't horrible. Um, no, the first five games or whatever, we were pretty darn like 
you know, we didn't have oh, enough attempts. We didn't I have say, enough. You, 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 you said you can't say you can't tell me the offense. Well, that's what I mean. When you're number one in yards any. per play and the number one score. per points per drive, number yes. one in yards yeah, per well, play. Yeah, three drives a game doesn't count. Though. Um, th- yeah, and, but so, but um, you can't you can't say the 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 um, okay. The I won't say that terrible, ever again. But because it wasn't, it was in the middle <laughs> after starting um, yes, starting right. from the Rams game and then. Uh, the first Rams game right up until the first of the two 49ers games, any of the, any games in the middle there, the offense was genuinely one of the worst in the NFL. Um, but the, before that, before the Rams game and after from the halftime of the 49er game onward, they've offense has been good. It's yes. been good. So it's j- been add Gerald Everett to, to the list. So, you know, I think the, the priority guys obviously are, are Quandre Diggs, Rashad Penny, you could add Dwayne Brown to that. Gerald, Gerald, Gerald Everett. Everett and DJ Reed. Um, Are there anybody on that list that and, if and they Rasheem disa- Green. that if they disappeared and signed elsewhere, yeah, that is it's just like crushing to the franchise. Hmm. Interesting. There's yeah, no Richard, I mean, there's no Richard Sherman. There's no Earl Quandre Thomas. Diggs, and Quandre no Diggs. Michael would, you'd have Bennett. you'd hurt. You'd hurt if you missed Diggs, but. Everyone else is re- you could replace in free agency. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the interesting thing out of Pete, and of course they do try to do this every year, is he he did make it a point today that um, yeah they've got some free agency money, but they they are going to prioritize resigning their own guys. So I would imagine out of that list, we might see seventy percent resigned. Oh yeah, and, and most of those guys are affordable. Um, there's but there's five or six starters here that you're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. at least mid-tier level salaries too. And that'll take up, let's say you signed five or six guys and the total amount that you're paying that out of out of pocket this year cap-wise would be $20, 25000000 million. Um, so that's not an unreasonable amount. And then you've got another 20 or say, you know, roughly 20 that you can go out and play with in free mm-hmm. agency that's outside of the team currently. And And yeah. I would try to get like, and that has that is before you you do anything with Bobby Wagner. Yeah, well, that's true. Which yeah. and and we should we should mention that um, that, that Jordan, contract is going to be restructured or Jordan, extended. Jordan, or Jordan Brooks had twenty tackles in this game. I know God, he he has been he has been playing amazingly. And Cody Barton, despite a couple of. There were a couple of bad plays. He played really um, good in this game, actually. Yep. Yeah. There were a couple of bad plays, one of which was terrible, but it got called back. Brooks had a couple of missed tackles in this game that was really um, pointed, but yeah. But overall, um, yeah. those two those two kids played really well the last two weeks. Yeah. When you when you're Bobby combining for like thirty five tackles in your duo, your mm-hmm. your your linebacker duo, that's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. And uh, they did him without Bobby Wagner. And one of the things is, so you lost Bobby Wagner is like sure tackling and, and all of his veteran savvy and everything awesome about him. Yeah. But it was noticeable that there was more speed at linebacker with Cody Barton in there with it, him and him and Brooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wagner used to be one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. What do you, you know, do we, with, what do you do with Bobby Wagner? Man, he, he can't. He, does not, he, he can't, can't play under twenty million dollar no. cap. But no. I would, and he won't. 
but ex- extend them, give them a, give them one more year, take that money. Spread where do you need, where years. do you need that number to be in order for you to say, you know what? I can do that. 12. Yeah. Yep. Yep. With incentives to get to 14. Yeah. Maybe like pro bowl plus mm-hmm. 140 tackles plus super yeah. bowl or, you know, NFC championship game or something. Yeah. Give him, give him, or, or even if you if he's willing to take it, give him ten with incentives to get to fifteen, rather than twelve and incentives to get to fourteen. So give him an yeah. opportunity to, if he stays healthy and continues to play at a high level, he can exactly he, he can make the money he was going to make exactly. anyway. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't so, kill so what you. Do you structure that out? What do you structure that uh, as far as length? Oh, it's a. I would make it a two year deal. So next year you add one year to it, and then you add an avoidable year at the end. So. Um, it's really a two-year deal. Smart. It's it's yeah, a two-year deal. Yeah, because you definitely want to move out. on, especially. I think you want to tie those. You want to tie Bobby Wagner's contract into Russell Wilson's length, mm-hmm. because if Russell Wilson goes, you need you're you going to make up. You're going to you're going to yeah. blow your team up anyway. Or if Russell probably, Wilson leaves, if here's the you thing. want to, if, you want the option anyway. If Russell Wilson leaves, you may not blow your team up that year but you're blowing it up the next year when you go uh, five and 12 and don't look good doing it. Right. Cause I don't, yeah, you care. want contract flexibility though in that year. Though. Yeah. Yes. So if Russell Wilson goes, I don't, I mean, Pete Carroll and John Snyder can delude themselves into thinking that they can field a competitive team without him, but they can't. And they're going to, it's going to be a terrible year. And, yeah, but that's um, what the it's going to be the end. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles thought. You know, when they when Wentz went away and they ate thirty three million dollars of cap space that they're paying him this year. <laughs> yeah, and Jalen Hurts was a low lower draft pick that wasn't expected to do anything and came in and kind of got him into the playoffs. Well, yeah, they were just trying to get out from um, Wentz's contract because Wentz was bad and couldn't stay healthy even when. Um, he was out there a combination of not healthy and bad. Uh, they had to get rid of him. And so they got, they, they spent the year, they ate that contract. They made the playoffs anyways, but it was never a, it was never an indictment on Hertz that they did that. It was simply, they had to get out from underneath a terrible contract and they did. So, so what do you think happens? We're we're doing a, uh, when we'll get out of here, uh, we're doing a coach's show coming up for, Mm -hmm. for another show that we do. And, um, what do you think happens in, in Minnesota with um, Kirk Cousins now that Zimmerman's now, gone and that and Spielman's the, and the, gone too and Spielman's the, the, gone and yep. so what do you what do you do there? I mean, it um, sounds like they would they're going to have to start over in in a sense. Yeah, I mean, they've got a decent roster, but they're they're way underperforming team and mm-hmm. have been really for a while. Yeah, a new GM, new coaching staff. I think they come in and, and look at it. If I was them, uh, Cousins is one of those guys who is, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's also not a bad quarterback. I think he's got a year left too. I, I think you can get some draft capital for, for, for him, for a team. Uh, let's say you have your Green Bay, and if if Rodgers forces his way out of Green Bay, and you're Green Bay and you're like, look, we we're still an elite team. We just need to get a quarterback in here and you can make a trade for Kirk cousins for a year. You do it. Um, I don't think Rogers is going anywhere unless this team just. So if you miss out on the first tier of available trades or free agents, you go for a guy like this. 
Yeah. And if I was, if I was them, I mean, they, they're a team that needs to start over. They, they, they've been doing kind of what Seattle's been doing. And that's the, you know, just trying to piece it together continuously in order mm-hmm. to make it work. And it, the, the wheels fell off this year. It's just not a good team. And so um, go ahead and start over, get rid of some vets, get rid of Kirk cousins, acquire some draft capital, go young, go talented. So you're young, fast, hungry, and, and, and do it that way. And if you're in, if you're a new, you're coming in as a coach, do you really want to come in with a, slightly above average quarterback that you're tied to that has a huge contract. Not really. Well, <laughs> yes and no, Keith. Um, because as a new coach, I want to win. I want to win right away. And he may give you the best opportunity to win right away, depending on what else you can do with your roster. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of getting stuck with the same old regime philosophy, but hopefully you're thinking you can do it better. You know, just like I mean, right. And so See, that's my worst fear with Seattle, to be completely honest, is if you stick with this philosophy we've talked about before, um, we're winning now because we've got Russell Wilson, so we're in win-now mode, so we make roster decisions based on that. Um, it puts you in a slightly different mode as far as the kind of player that you're attracting and, and whether you're willing to play a rookie, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, anyway. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um I just, for me, I look at, at, at around the league and, and Flores is going to be a, a, an option where mm-hmm. the, yes. fact that he, yeah. the fact that yeah. the fact that he, he took that team that was yeah. where they won in six and then they won eight straight and then they lost um, a couple and, <laughs> and, and yeah. ended up, ended up missing the playoffs, but um, they, they, they lost their first seven, won eight straight. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, and then lost one, which eliminated them, but then came back and beat the Patriots in, in this last game. And it's not like the Patriots weren't gunning for a, a division title and really playing. Um, yeah. That's just an impatient situation there. I, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't agree with that. Firing. Well, what, what I, what I heard was that it had to do with co- uh, assistant coaches that their people above him were like, um, pressuring him to change a couple of assistant coaches um and he didn't wasn't willing to he do might it. end up getting hired in like new york by the giants by the giants the giants are so. good. the giants would be a good spot for him uh harbaugh coming up i think if he doesn't land with vegas i'm going to be kind of surprised um that seems mm-hmm. like a a match that yeah. is going to be really fun especially since seattle doesn't have to play them every year uh it was less fun when he was. In yeah, Stanford. no, he's a. I like him. He's a good coach because he's an ass. Yeah, you know, he's he just, he's one of those players that like, he's one of those guys that your 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 own team loves, but everyone else in the league hates because mm-hmm. he's just kind of a you know. Anyway, yeah. let's uh, uh, let's let's get let's get out of here. Interesting coaching changes right now. Yeah. I will say that um, Schefter, Adam Schefter, said. Uh, that the average the, the average this century has been 6.8 we're already at 6 he said changes if the, if the yeah as far as new coaches he said if the over under is 8 bet the over because there are more coming wow. and and one of the teams he did mention on they need to decide what they're going to do was Seattle and i thought that was interesting um but i do Given believe everything that's come out it yeah. is hard i mean the national narrative is it's also, because you, it's also Schefter. 
You do view Seattle in a certain lens, you know, and you've got a 71 year old coach with a quarterback who's perceived to be unhappy. It doesn't necessarily need to be true. I'm just saying the perception is out there and you do get mentioned in all these things. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you want to get us out of here? I'll get us out of here. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. I am Myers NFL. You can find Bill on Twitter. He is NWCAC for Northwest Act. You can find the show at Hawks Playbook. We are at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Uh, you can find us on any podcast app that has ever been invented and um, iHeartRadio, everything. Spotify, and you can, Spotify, YouTube, and YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. And yeah. We are on YouTube. If you'd rather watch our talking heads um, do this show, uh, you can do that too. And please subscribe wherever you find us and listen there. Perfect. So until next time, go Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.